0: Just go to indeed.com slash blue wire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about indeed on this podcast. That's indeed.com slash blue wire terms and conditions apply need to hire. You need indeed.
1: It's a tough decision to make, uh, but you always have to do what you think is best for the team. I view Kemba as a starter. And so, uh, It'd be tough to, you know, play three small guards together. You know, I
0: I gave it consideration. Um, and I've got great respect for who Kemba is as a person, number one, and all that he's accomplished in this
1: league. So, um, you know, but I have to do what I think is best for the team. Hey there, Knicks fans. Uh, and hopefully not, hey there, uh, Kemba Walker fans, or at least not too many of them. As um, this is a rough day for the bronx point guard bronx native i guess uh rice high school product yukon product um hometown kid who was supposed to come hometown come come home to his hometown and make good uh he did not he did not do that um so i've had a few hours to digest this news like we all have um it's, it's interesting. I think the most interesting part of what went down today with obviously for anybody who doesn't know Tom Thibodeau announced that not only is come Walker out of the starting five, he's out of the next rotation altogether. Um, I think the most surprising part of today is that this was a move that shouldn't surprise anybody based on the numbers. And we'll get to the numbers in a second. And yet, It shocked all of us, or at least it shocked me. Um, I know I was, I was told that apparently on today's podcast, I said something to the effect of like, something's going to give either. They're going to start playing a lot better or Tibbs is going to make a move. Um, And I get that. And I, I remember saying that, but at the same time, the notion that, and I guess this is what keeps getting me. I keep thinking back to the, to the introductory press conference and, you know, the, the Fat Joe of it all, the montage, the I can't ever remember another press conference on the guard at, at, at center court at the. Um, and the fact that there was just so much pomp and circumstance involved in it. And then the preseason started and the first preseason, if I, if I recall correctly, Kemba Walker hit the first bucket of the preseason. And the first preseason game, it was ear to ear, smile on his face. And it just felt like the story was being written exactly as it was supposed to be written. And then, of course, the real game started. And when the real game started, yeah, we had a little bit of a hiccup at the end of that Boston game in regulation. But when the real game started, Kemba Walker started out over the course of the first six games, firing away from from deep as if he were Steph Curry on steroids. And it was something, the likes of which, um, like we were like, oh my God, is this real? Especially because we were comparing it to, um, you know, Alfred Payton last season. And I understand that, you know, it's, it's probably not, wasn't right or fair for a lot of reasons to, to make that comparison. Um, but like when he's hitting threes at that rate, Like, yeah, there's some fit issues. And obviously the defense was ranked, whatever it was, 23rd or 24th after the first five five, or six games. But we were like, okay, we're seeing what this was supposed to look like. We're seeing an offense that was literally the top offense in the league. And so it's not even like it's happened in the last 20 games. It's like, this has all happened in the last 14 games. And I think that speaks to just how fast things have gone sour and uh, I'm going to give a shout out to um, my, my friend at the athletic Fred Katz. Uh, I'm not going to say what it is, but he unearthed something that uh, I will definitely shout out in uh, tomorrow's newsletter that, you know, maybe this is more about style of play than anything else, specifically style of play on the defensive end. Um, I think there are a number of reasons for this, Um, but the most obvious one, if you want to just go right to it, is with Kemba Walker on the court, the Knicks have a point differential that is worse than the worst team in the NBA. They have a defense that is worse than the worst defense in the NBA, and it's not close. And if you look at you know, Kemba's combination, whether it's Kemba and Randall, Kemba and Fournier, Kemba and RJ, Kemba and Mish, Kemba and whoever, it's all bad. It's all bad. None of it's good. And I think the dirty little secret here, and I'm just pulling up the stats now because they're gonna be in um, tomorrow's newsletter, something that we really haven't probably focused on enough because we keep looking at Kemba's overall numbers for the year and it's like, okay, his overall numbers for the year are good. Um, And they are good. I quoted a stat in um, the newsletter I sent out a few hours ago about how, if you look at three point percentage, Scoring uh, assists and made threes for 36 minutes, it's Kemba, Steph, and Mike Connolly. Those three guys have, have certain benchmarks. And, you know, it doesn't look that bad if you just, again, focus on the year-long year, year numbers. But we have to consider over the first seven games, Kemba Walker, effective field goal percentage, 67.4. Over the last 13 games, Kemba Walker's effective field goal percentage. 44.3. Um, that is a percentage change of 23.1%. That is not insignificant. And I think when we're talking about the reasons that Tibbs made this move, yes, you could just look at the eye test. Yes, you could see something's not clicking, just like it never clicked in Boston with Kemba alongside the two guys that he had two years to try to figure out how to play next to, and he never figured. they never figured it out. I don't want to put it on him. They never figured it out. And what did Boston do? They got rid of him. They paid a first-round pick, and they dealt him for Al, Harford. Al Horford. Um, the Knicks didn't have to go to such extremes. They could just bench him because they're not paying a lot of money. We'll get into the contract situation in a few minutes. Um, but it's the eye test. It's the on-off stuff. It's the fact that Kemba's worth the, Kemba's worth the price you pay on defense if you're going to get an elite offensive player or a near elite offensive player. Once Kemba ceased to be an elite offensive player. And again, his effective field goal percentage over the last 13 games, 44.3, that's not great. It's, It's actually not good. Um, you know, what do you do? Um, he's not the type of guy that is giving you a whole lot of, um, uh, assistance in terms of creating great looks for other guys. Like, yeah, it was. I highlighted it in the in the first newsletter today. He had a beautiful drive and kick to uh, Evan Fournier uh, two games ago in the Phoenix game. It was probably the best drive and kick pass I could remember a Nick executing, um, you know, in, in years. Uh, Fournier missed the three, but whatever. Like, we've seen that here and there, but we haven't seen it enough. It hasn't become a staple of their offense. It certainly hasn't made their offense better. Um, so there were a lot of reasons for this. This is not a rushed move. This is not a, I think a, um, something that Tibbs came to lightly. Um, I, I'm sure this is not an easy sell to Kemba. Uh, at the same time, I wonder if this is actually a very easy sell in the locker room. You know, we all made much about it, how this team really seemed to develop a bond last season. And that bond was based on defense. It was based, I think on, unselfishness. selfishness. It was based on a lot of things. Kemba comes in, he's trying his best. He's sixth in the league in charges drawn, like he's doing what he can, but his game kind of goes completely against the ethos of what this team was about last year. Um, and if you just look at the starting five and then I'll, I'm going to make a couple more comments and then I'll get to the chat. I see we have some super chats already. Thank you for those. Um, if you just look at the starting five and why the starting five isn't working um and by the way i just want to call out john hollinger john hollinger sent out a tweet like i don't know at some point in the last few hours basically intimating that like oh the knicks have to bench walker because they can't bench fournier because they just paid Fournier 78 million dollars um that's the stupidest thing i've ever heard somebody say um if you look at the starting five i would argue that evan fournier is actually least of the starting five's problems uh julius Randle is having a year from hell he is in amongst high usage players in the league. If you look at like the top 55, I, I again quoted a stat of this, of this nature, or maybe I'm actually quoting it tomorrow's newsletter. If you look at the top guys usage wise, um, and then you look at his points per shot attempt accounting for position versus everybody else, he's in like the bottom 10%. And that's not an exaggeration. And a couple of the guys that are under him are rookies like Jalen Suggs and Cade Cunningham. So uh, Julius Randle's not uh or not getting off scot-free Kemba we know the issues that he's had uh, RJ Barrett uh, I mentioned a moment ago the dip in uh, effective field goal percentage that Kemba has taken from the first seven games to the last 13 games RJ Barrett 60.9 percent effective field goal percentage first seven games last 13 games 37.9 worst high-volume shooter in the NBA over those 13 games 23 point uh, percent decrease just a hair under Kemba's decrease. So, like, to intimate that like Evan Fournier is the problem, it's just a very stupid statement. Evan Fournier is gonna is doing what Evan Fournier has always done. Um, I just want to highlight that. So, but I also want to use this little rant to leave on leave one thought here before again I move into the into the chat, which is to say, what has befallen the Knicks starting five? is not all Kemba Walker's fault. And I made that point, uh, in this morning's newsletter, before this news came down, I've made this point mul- a multitude of times in post games, um, throughout the year to peg this all on Walker is unfair. It's not all on Walker. Again, Randall has been, I mean, he's just not hitting shots. Um, and that lack of hitting shots we've seen it translate to his effort um and you know kind of that little extra something that he gave last year that he didn't give the year before that's been that's been gone far too often and that's on him he could have it in his mind like man if we had just stuck to what we w- was working and we got like a slightly better version of of elf who could maybe hit an outside shot like i don't want to hear it you're the leader of the team you're supposed to set the example he has not set the example RJ. I love RJ. I'm still here for, for all the RJ love and I'll buy any RJ stock that you want to um, sell. He's been, he, he can't hit a shot. He hasn't hit a shot in, in three weeks or whatever it is, four weeks. Um, so to act like this is all on Kemba is, is not, it's, that's not fair. It's not. However, I would be lying if I, if I said sitting here right now, I didn't think this move was going to turn things around because I do. Um, I think I have just I have not I have not gotten this from anywhere. I just have a funny feeling that we are going to see an increased level of tenacity, of uh, vigor, of um, whatever you want to call it. In particular, on defense, because I feel like this new unit is going to get into guys. The starting five, in particular, is going to get into guys a little bit more on on defense, but also on offense. I feel like Alec Burks knows what he is. He's not going to be tentative. He's never tentative. Um, and I think Julius, at this point, like if he, if it's it's put up or shut up time, I think he is going to start to be better. And I think RJ is going to start to be better too. I just think this unit makes a little bit more sense. We didn't need a guy with Kemba Walker's skill set, who is a guy who, as we've seen over the years, takes over games um, and could be the best player on the floor if you give him the opportunity to do so. Um, you know, they didn't need that. They already had that guy in Julius Randle. And if you were going to get a guy like that, it had to be a guy who was definitively better than Julius Randle. And I think we all hoped that they would add Kemba and the synergy would kind of magically come together and these two guys would make each other better. Unfortunately, I don't think it, it, it quite works like that. Um, I think Kemba still kind of had it in his head and, and, and that he was going to be Kemba and he didn't really know how to not, Kemba. He's been that guy since he was in high school. Um, and Julius certainly got really used to being that guy last year. And I'll give Julius credit. I think he's tried to adjust, just hasn't taken. So it didn't work out. Um, you know, it's a sad day. I guess you could say that we all wanted it to work. It was a great story. It didn't work. It's no harm, no foul. I'm not concerned about the second year on the contract in the slightest Um, free agency is non-existent this summer it's not going to impede or impact what they do one iota Um, if anything it's a nice little tradable salary Um, so I'm not really worried about that and then you know as far as the rotation goes I think Burks elevates I think they'll probably go with a nine-man rotation I think Quentin Grimes will see his time see his spots here and there as he should I think he's been really good but I wouldn't expect him to stick like I wouldn't be surprised if Tibbs played nine guys tomorrow presuming Derrick Rose is back Derrick Rose is still out then uh, well, actually, Thurgood is still out. He's still probably going to play nine guys, and the ninth guy is going to be Quentin Grimes. So, anyway, let me get to some of the super chat comments, and then I, I think I have some more more thoughts in a bit. Aussie Knicks fan, thanks for joining from down under as you always do. We appreciate it here. I am here for any decision that gives Emmanuel quickly more minutes. I think you're going to get Emmanuel quickly um, seeing more time because right now. Again, I'm kind of going on the assumption that Grimes is going to be like the nine and a half man in the rotation. Um, So you're essentially talking about for five, for, sorry, for three spots. For three spots, you kind of now, with the exception of Derek Rose, who's obviously a point guard, but he plays alongside quickly and and, and Burks, you have five players for three spots. You have RJ, Fournier, Rose, Burks, and Quickly. Um, So if you divvy up, you know, uh, oh my God! Can I do Can I do math very quickly? Uh, if you divvy up uh, 240 minutes uh, between right for 240 minutes, um, because it's no sorry, that's terrible math. If you divvy up 144 minutes, 144 minutes um, between three guys, uh, you know it works out to a little less than 30 minutes a guy now. RJ is going to play a little more, um, but we know Rose is, is going to play, you know, his usual about 25. I think Tibbs probably likes keeping Burks around 25, between 25 and 30. Um, Fournier, probably best at around 30 minutes. So I think you're going to get quickly up above that 25-minute mark, um, unless we get a big dose of grimes, which, again, I'm not expecting us to get right away like 15 minutes of grimes every game Robert Cross. What's going on, Robert? Thanks for joining as always. Can we please have Andrew refrain from not commenting about the mess during this emergency live stream? <laughs> yeah. Uh, shout out to Andrew for setting this up and uh, also shout out to Jeremy. So anybody who listened to today's pod knows why Jeremy can't be here with us um, right now and uh, our, our thoughts and, and prayers uh, with him and his whole family, uh, you know, his with the loss of his grandfather. Um, love you, Jeremy. Um, uh, hold on. I lost it. Lunas. Uh, Lunas. Emirat, thank you so much for the contribution. Um, found it interesting that Tibbs had a plan set with the roster post main free agency without Kemba. He became available last second and Tibbs forced to adjust. Shorter leash, question mark. Yeah, so I wrote about this in the in the kind of emergency newsletter that I sent out today. I I, I really I question how much Tibbs ever really wanted this. And I think once the opportunity came aboard, I would imagine he was like, all right, you know, we'll, we'll give it a shot. But yeah, I think you're right. Short leash. And I, again, and I spoke about this in the days, in the, the night of free agency, when everything was going down, like the Knicks were in on other players. Um, I think the Knicks were in on Dinwiddie um, to a certain point. It seems like everything the Knicks were doing, with the exception of Fournier, who I think they felt they had to go three years on, I think they were like, we're not going more than two years. And I think that's why they saw guys, you know, go off the board. Um, I didn't think they had any interest in paying Kyle Lowry what Kyle Lowry ended up getting. Um, You know, Chris Paul's, I think, a guy they would have obviously gone three years, but Chris Paul wants to stay in Phoenix and who could blame him? so when Kemba signed, the only guy left was Dennis Schroeder. And I, I don't—I I want to be very clear here because I mentioned Schroeder in my newsletter. I don't want to make it out like the Knicks screwed up by not signing Dennis Schroeder. I don't like Dennis Schroeder. I don't think Dennis Schroeder is a particularly helpful player in the long term. He might help you a little bit during the regular season. I think when the games really matter, I don't like Schroeder at all. Um, but if you're asking me, do I think Tibbs would have rather had Schroeder than Kemba? That's a that's a fair question. Um, that said, I don't think it matters. I think the, I think the team's gonna be fine. I love the idea of either a nine man rotation with these nine guys or a ten man rotation with with Grimes. Um, and that's just based on that's not based on anything I know. It's you know from firsthand. It's just based on Tibbs' history. Tibbs doesn't like small guards, or he likes small guards, but he likes small guards as backups. Um, and he certainly doesn't like too many small guards on his roster you know, guys who are traditionally point you know, they can only play point guard. I think that's what he likes about quickly Burks and Rose. There's flexibility with those guys. Um with Kemba, there's no flexibility. Um, you know, if he's playing, he's gonna play point guard. And if he's playing, you also have to start him. No flexibility there either. So I, I, I'm I'm not so sure that he was you know, ever fully like gung ho about this. Um you know, and I wonder what they would have done if the opportunity didn't present itself. That's all. Um, perhaps we'll, we'll come to, to find out uh, at some point. Um, hold this L. What changed last year? He played Alfred Payton all year and even in the playoffs. I, it's funny. I, I was just talking and I'm like, I want to make another point And I forgot what that point was. And now you just reminded me. Is Burks our point guard to the playoffs? What's next if we miss the succeed? seed? What sucks? We have a great coach, but not talent. Um, he develops talent. Uh, I think the Knicks have some talent. I think it, you have to be careful when you talk about talent versus top end talent. The Knicks don't have have top end talent, but top end talent's the toughest thing to come across in the NBA. Um, and, you know, I think this front office has done nothing that is in terms of like lessening their chances of getting top end talent. I think they're in the same situation they've been in now for a little bit, which is, when that star says, I want out, they're in as good a position to trade for that star as any team in basketball, almost any team in basketball. Um, and at some point, someone's going to want to say, want to come to them. So they have talent and they do have an, a great coach. I believe Tibbs is a great coach. Um, if they miss the sixth seed, I mean, I, I, I don't think it's a big deal at all. I think that what matters is how they play for the rest of the year. Um, it wouldn't shock me in the least if they ended up seven or eight or even nine. Um, the East is that good but I think it it matters how they play. If they continue to market themselves, not literally market themselves, but if they continue to, to, uh, you know, present themselves as a team that like, we, we know who we are. We know how we play and we have a plan, which is kind of what they got away from the last 20 games. Um, That's what, that's what's important. And then last but not least in terms of the Alfred point, this is a point I wanted to make before. I've seen some people say like, Oh, it's good that Tim's learned his lesson. He wasn't going to have another Alfred Payton situation. I got to tell you, I've said directly that I think there was more at at work there in terms of why Elford continued to start. At the same time, looking back, I almost question whether that was even right because, like, what did Elford do? He made – like, say what you want about Elford. The starting lineup with Elford in it, like, you knew what you were going to get. You were going to get a guy who couldn't shoot worth a damn who was space a space cadet on defense, but was a big space cadet and, like, you know, bothered opposing point guards. He certainly wasn't a pushover um, most of the time. Um, and he would drive the lane relentlessly. And when he drove the lane, he would some, usually make the wrong decision. He would, his rim reads weren't great, you know, and they'd get a lot of offensive rebounds on his misses, and sometimes he'd actually kick it out. Like, uh, again, I'm not trying to defend Alfred Payton, but – Tom Thibodeau knew what he was getting in Alfred Payton. And for whatever reason, that starting lineup with Alfred Payton, it did work to a degree. Obviously, they were never going to go into this year with Alfred Payton back because he couldn't hit a shot. And you can't exist in the NBA today with a point guard who can't hit hit an outside shot. Um, And he wasn't good in other areas as well. But I think Tibbs had some comfort in the fact that he knew. He's like, all right. Maybe Alfred's going to have a great game. Maybe he's going to have a bad game, but I'm pretty sure he's going to be able to get us to, he's, we're going to be able to get 20 minutes of like neutral basketball out of Alfred Payton. And then we'll win the game in the other 28 minutes. And they did more often than not. Um, I think with Kemba, he wasn't getting that. And I think with Kemba, you were falling so far behind. Um, in these games and the, and the, and the energy line, just everything about it was just so off. Now, will Burks fix that by himself? No, he's not going to fix it by himself. It's going to take RJ being better. It's going to take Julius obviously being better. I think the thought process here is that Burks insertion will not only improve that position. I think, cause I think Burks has obviously had a better year than Kemba, um, shooting alone, but for other reasons as well, defense, especially. Um, but I think I think they think this will improve Julius as well. And if they don't get Julius right, then nothing else that they they try to do even matters. Um Kenneth Escalona, I think the decision was between Randall or Kemba. Wish to see him again. Question now is, will we see Randall perform better if not then what? I swear I didn't read that comment before I just went off on that little rant. Yeah, I think we will see Randall perform better. Um I think we're gonna see him play with a little bit more energy. Uh, i i I think I, I you know, I was rewatching. I think it was the Suns game. It was a moment. um, It was, oh goodness. Kemba was, so you had uh, Jay Crowder in the corner. That was Julius's man. And then Kemba was guarding the guy at the, kind of the free throw line extended behind the arc. And Kemba was shading so far over to, I think it was Booker who had RJ on him. And he was shading and like, Booker looked over and the guy, whoever, I forget who Kemba was guarding, but it was a guy who could shoot threes. And Booker's like, wait a minute, I could just make this pass. And he made the pass and Kemba could not get there. Like was so far away from the play. And Julius had to go sp- sprint over to cover the shooter that Kemba couldn't get back to. And then of course the pass whipped over to the corner to Jay Crowder. And what did Jay Crowder do? Jay Crowder hit a corner three. And it, it, the Knicks had been making a push and that obviously sent the lead back up, you know, three more points. And after the play, I, I almost thought I saw Julius kind of not shake his head, but he was like, he like dipped his head and it was just like, you could tell he was frustrated. Now, again, has Julius been the bastion of leadership that this organization deserves after they paid him the money they paid him? Absolutely not. So I don't want to. I don't want to hear him complain i don't want i I didn't like seeing that from that perspective but if you're asking me do i think kemba's demotion from the starting five will get julius back on track yes i absolutely do um and again this was an easy decision because of um 140 million dollars is a lot more than 18 million dollars uh wilton moran uh thanks for being here for us on this impactful day, Macri, my pleasure. Thanks for coming and checking us out. Uh, Can they realistically keep Kemba on the roster for the entire season? Yeah, I think they can and I think they will try to. I think they'd love nothing more, love nothing more than to go into this summer with Kemba Walker's expiring $9 million contract because that accomplishes two things. One, it's a nice little salary to throw into some trades. I mentioned it in the emergency newsletter today. Um, Kemba plus Fournier this summer, you could bring back a salary up to thirty-four million dollars. Do yourself a favor and go on Hoops Hype, and uh, sort player salaries by next year's salary, and then look at thirty-four million dollars and under. Check out some of those names. Um, I'm not saying Kemba and Fournier is going to get you some of those guys, you know, by by themselves. I'm saying those two salaries, you know, plus like a young player and picks. You know, what can that get you at the, at the end of the day, when you try to make these superstar deals, you need the money to make it happen. And I don't think the Knicks have any interest in trading Alec Burks or, or Derek Rose. Um, Not to say they have interest in trading Fournier. I think they like Fournier, but I also think Fournier's contract is kind of made to be traded. I think Jeremy Cohen hit the nail on the head with, with his little presentation in in last week's pot. So... Uh, Yeah, I think they're going to try to keep him on the roster. And I don't think he's going to be like a problem in the locker room. That said, that said, they could also just flip him to somebody else who might want him for another similar salary and then just use that salary. The question is, who's giving up an asset for Kemba Walker? Like who's giving up a salary and like a a decent second round pick? Because I don't think they're going to send Walker somewhere just to get like a protected second. Um you know, I, I think they would want something, you know, something back. I don't I don't know what that is. And on the flip side, if the Knicks like packaged a small draft asset with Walker, what could they get? Like, did the, do the Knicks really want to package? I don't know. The Charlotte pick plus Walker to Orlando for Terrence Ross. Would they send Kemba Walker to Orlando? I don't know. And I don't know. I, I just I don't know. It, it doesn't it. That doesn't strike me as the type of thing that we're, we're probably going to see um but again i've been surprised before so who knows um all right let's uh keep it going you guys are uh on fire in the super chat here uh i I definitely appreciate it um and i promise i will try to get some of these regular uh comments in the chat as well i love this move this is a comment from uh prob maze um i love tibbs his ethos aligned with new york basketball like a piece to a puzzle i agree um defense he didn't give a flying f about how it would look he just did what uh, needed to be done our coach yeah again and i wrote about this a little bit today in the emergency newsletter i think i think that for as much as this move didn't work out i think this is a sign of a healthy organization and i think an unhealthy organization perhaps would have let this go on longer even if they believed it was not for the best interest of the team because of how it would look and i think at this point they have set a a culture here and that you know a potentially difficult move on certain levels could be made because it's like look we're about basketball here and we're going to make this interest in the interest of making our basketball team better so hopefully that comes to transpire you know moving forward and we don't i don't live to regret those words uh robert mcginley what's up robert how are you don't love we had to make the decision, but love how, how we made the decision organizationally. Again, speaking to, to the point that I just said, you read my mind. Uh, most importantly, please pass our well wishes to Jeremy. I will do that. He got the support of his entire KFS family. I know he feels that support. I promise you that. Um, Bjorn Kura, um, thank you for your contribution. We appreciate it. Andrew Claudio. I have to take a drink for this one. Hi, John. Oz says hi, and so does Leo. Uh, I, I'm jealous. Um, shout out to uh, Andrew and uh, Oz. Going to see uh, Don't Look Up. Um, just wanted to say you're killing it. Oh, I thank you, sir. And that while well, Kemba may be gone, Mad Max Scherzer is here, baby. 153. Jesus <laughs> Christ. 153 wins. Lol, Robert. Um, yeah, uh, I, I, I Max Scherzer. I, I understand is good baseball player pitcher uh so congratulations to all my fans out there oh look I have my Mets cup let's go Mets on the floor um talk about talk about karma uh Jeremy E watching on delay so apologies if this was already discussed asked but do you think Julia should be interpreting the Kemba benching as a warning no I, I I I mean maybe um look I don't think they could bench I don't think they could bench Julius. I don't think they have any interest in mentioning Julius. I don't think they have any interest in trading Julius. I don't think they feel like they can probably trade Julius. and like, That's not a road they're, they're realistically going down. To me, it's a vote of confidence that, like... And, again, this may be me reading way too much into body language stuff and, like, all the stuff that we come, come on here and talk about and m- might be in all of our imaginations. I, I think Julius is, like again i I hate to even bring this stuff up because yeah i I like to make these comments more if i see the game in person and i haven't i've seen one game in person this year and it was not at a close distance but like you know you look at little things like if somebody like if kemba like falls on the floor like who's running over to to like help him up it's not julius um like when is when have we seen a moment where julius and and Kemba really shared maybe early on in the season and I'm forgetting where those two guys like really seem like they were on the same, like Julius and RJ, like those two dudes seem like they're on the same page and like they're of one mind. Um, and look, maybe it's just, that's the type of dude Julius is. I, I don't feel like he was all that demonstrative in his leadership last year. So th- there's certainly evidence for, for this theory not being true. But I, I think, I think this is a vote of confidence in Julius. Uh, Seth, what's going on, Seth Wolchuk well, from uh, Staten Island? Sadly, we were able to acquire Kemba too late on the age of his knees. Yeah, I mean, it would have been great to get prime uh, prime Kemba, but, you know, what, what can you do? Um, uh, we'll, we'll get a young – well, actually, no, I shouldn't say that. I was going to say we'll get our young star point guard one of these days. Maybe we already have him, and I'll just leave that comment right there. Uh, Jessica Clarice- Elzner, what's going on, Jessica? It's great to see you in the super chat and, and uh, just thanks for our awful offline conversations, which I always enjoy. Um, condolences to Jeremy and his family. Thank you. They have been in my prayers all day. We appreciate it. He appreciates it. I know. Um, I love everything that Jeremy brings to the entire KFS operation. Nobody more than me. The fact that he comes on here and deals with my bullshit every week. Man's a same. Happy Hanukkah um, night to everyone celebrating. Yes, happy Hanukkah. Um, I don't think about it because I'm not I'm not Jewish, but I, I should think about it. So happy Hanukkah. Let's go next. Uh, appreciate the comment and, and the contribution. And we we really I, thank you. And, and I'm, I'm, I swear I'm going to pass along all of this to, to Jeremy and he, he does appreciate it. C.T. Pittman, C.T., you know, I'm not going to – my wife's in the other room. I think she's wearing noise-canceling headphones because uh, she's trying to do some work. Uh, I don't know if she could hear me say this. We're not planning on having a third kid. We might need to have a third kid just so we could name it. C.T. Pittman Macri. I think that has a nice ring to it. Uh, You're too kind, my friend. Thank you for the contribution. I know a lot of people are complaining, but I like the move. I'm a fan of this team and I know something had to change, especially after what we saw against the Hawks side note, I was in a Hawks Twitter spaces after the game and the reactions to losing gave me life. (laughs) It's great. Um, Seriously, CT, you're, you're uh, one of the most generous people uh, in the world. Uh, Thank you so much for, for the really, very nice contribution. Um, I, I don't, if there are people who don't like this move and again I, I've been the one not not resisting the, such a move but at least playing devil's advocate about did a move need to be made now it's one thing if you're showing signs of real progress but like the best thing we could say about this starting unit, Is that there have been times where oh look, Kemba's got it going. Like against Phoenix. He scored 10 out of 13 points and he like, oh Kemba's got it, you know, he's driving, he's he's stepped back in, he's the whole thing. You know, and then like Julius will have his moments. And then like, you know, it'll be maybe some Julius and Fournier. Um, you know, maybe they find Mitch on a on a on a lob, although they haven't really actually found him much at all, you know, or, or like RJ had like other than those first couple games. I don't feel like we've been watching a unit at all where the whole is even bordering on lifting the sum of the parts. And and maybe, maybe I'm being too harsh, but like even the moments where we're like, oh, they're starting to figure something out or find a little bit more. Like I, to me, looking at this and being like, they're right there. They're right on the verge. Just give it another five games, give it another 10 games, whatever it is. And I, I don't see that. I don't see that. So. Yes, something had to change, and as we've discussed, I, or I should say explicitly, you're not. There's no other move to make, and and that includes moving Kemba to the bench. Because if you move Kemba to the bench and you keep him in the rotation, what has to happen? Well, you're not start. You're not having Kemba Rosen quickly come off the bench. So that takes away Burks going into the starting five. Which again, shout out to my buddy Fred Katz. Check out his piece that's going up soon. I think about why. Uh, he thinks moving Burks into the into the starting five is is the way they're going to go. Um, so you, what do you do? You start Rose? I don't think Tim's wants to start Rose. I think Tim's likes having Rose come off the bench. I think Tim's likes quickly having coming off the bench. And honestly, I don't blame him. To say nothing of the fact that if quickly did start, so then you have would have I guess theoretically Rose next to Kemba. Like that doesn't make sense to me. I don't see that working um he said it today he's like it's one too many small guards if he's Kemba was either going to start or he's going to be out of the rotation um so this was the change this was the change uh thank you again ct really you you're the man dude uh do dude chad cullen what's going on chad noticed in one game after Kemba had a shot evan was the only one who high-fived him and julius and arjun just walked away multiple times yeah it, it, it sure feels like that and, and again that's a little worrisome For Fournier too. And again, this is okay. I'm gonna just I'm warned, it's this conspiracy theory, John here. Um, <laughs> like it makes sense to me that these moves were more spearheaded by the front office. Because and and shout out to Jeremy Cohen, who everybody's been giving their condolences to, he's been on this all year. If you look at Fournier and Kemba what they have in common and you also look at the guys by the way that they drafted in grimes and mcbride to say nothing of what they drafted last year emmanuel quickly right and and alec burks who they brought in. what all these guys have in common these guys are pull up three-point shooters um i think the front office we've been hearing we've been reading for since rose got hired They've been bringing in all these analytics people, all these analytics people. What do you think analytics people are going to say? They're going to say, fucking shoot threes, shoot pull-up threes, and get guys on your roster who can make pull-up threes. Because that's what bends a defense. And then, make sure you get guys who once they, if they're if they if they're being crowded off the line and run off the line, because and they can't shoot the pull-up three, they can put the ball on the floor and drive. They had that vision, clearly. It didn't work. What I wonder is... Because Tibbs Tom Tibbs does a lot of things. A good actor isn't one of them. He ain't hiding shit. So the thought that this was the front office's idea that was kind of you know and, and, and Tibbs probably begrudgingly went along with it to bring in these guys. And then once it happened, and then it's starting to go sideways. Do you think Tibbs was the one putting on the good the good happy face and being like, "No, we're all no." I think Tibbs is probably as curmudgeonly curmudgeonly as anyone. And if you are a guy like Julius Randle and you're a guy like RJ Barrett and you're looking at Tibbs, and again, again, this is all conspiracy theory junk, and you're looking at Tibbs and Tibbs isn't even sold on the notion that these guys are here and on this like slightly altered version of what this, this year's Knicks should look like. Well, then why the fuck are you going to be in on it? Especially since the guy that that is in the starting lineup, I'm talking about Kemba, is getting beat to dust on defense every night. When last year that was your identity as a team it was defense first identity. Um, again, maybe this is insanity. I don't know, but I do know what my eyes tell me and my eyes tell me exactly what, what that comment from, from Chad mentions about just, there seems to be a little bit of divide. Now, can that go away? Have, have teams that have had real issues, worked them out and, and come out on top. Sure. But again, there's a reason why I, don't think anybody should be shocked in the least if Evan Fournier gets dealt this summer in a in a package for a star player. Um, so yeah whatever. Maybe I'm right, maybe I'm wrong, maybe I'm crazy. I probably am crazy. But uh that's 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 where I'm at. Uh Harry Doner, thank you as always for your contribution, to super chat. You're the man. Um, everybody here um is awesome. Uh I am going to uh, sign off uh, because uh my wife who is amazing has work to do and um we love our apartment but it is a little small and we have no place really to put it, to, to separate it. so she's right next to me having to listen to my stupid voice talk about this stupid team um while she's trying to do her work so um i'll take let's how about this i'll take one more question from the regular chat uh before i get out of here um what uh to do, do, do Let's see. Let's scroll up here. Someone give me something else interesting to to chew on before I get out of here. I see we have some discussion about who the best center is on the team. Blood of the Panda, Obi Avengers, Free Obi. Shout out to that hashtag, which we've been... um, uh, Okay, Anthony212. Why not put Fournier on the bench? Um, I can think of 78 million reasons. One. Um, And two, I think he... He's a guy that could be on the bench, but I also don't think there's any reason to bench him. I think he offers the best combination of playmaking, shooting, versatile shooting, gives you a little size. um, uh, And he's been there in tough situations. He's been there in big moments. I think the best version of this team has Evan Fournier starting, um, especially if they're going to start Burks at point guard because again then the i mean i guess you could swap fournier out for quickly that wouldn't be the worst move in the world i I wouldn't hate that i don't think anyone would hate that um i i like the idea of fournier starting though i think there is something to the fact that this guy has been a really good player in the league for a very long time and you know we we've we've short sold him a lot because of he's had some rough moments at the same time um this is a guy who again his effective field goal percentage on the year blows away or let me actually just the last 13 games well nobody else could do anything worth a damn his effective field goal percentage is 50.8 randall's 45.9 kemba's 44.3 rj's 37.9 Evan's doing essentially what he was brought here to do. He's hitting shots. He's moving the ball. He's not making bad turnovers. He's playing decent defense. You're getting those occasional moments where you see him kind of lollygagging it back on D in transition. But you know what? So is everybody else. Um, so I'm not going to put that on him. I think Evan Fournier is still still going to be good for this team, and I like that signing. Um, okay, Chad, last one. What if RJ can't play tomorrow? Why? Am I, did I miss something? Is RJ, is RJ hurt? Um, if I missed something about RJ being hurt, I apologize. I didn't, um, I didn't, I didn't see that. So I, but I, whatever, I mean, I guess quickly would start. Um, I don't know. He has an illness. Oh, he's a game time decision. How did I miss that? Oh, okay. I'm sorry. Um, it's been quite the day. It's been quite the day. So thank you to everybody in the chat, uh, for making me aware of that fact. Um, if he can't play tomorrow, I would imagine that they will start. Well, it depends if Rose oh, that's interesting. Would they start Grimes? No, they wouldn't start. Grimes. I, mm, I guess they would start Rose if Rose is back and it would be Rose, Burks, Fournier, Randall and a center. Uh, if Rose is not back, then I guess we're getting quickly Burks, Fournier, Randall in a center, and uh, you go from there. But it, the notion of elevating Grimes into the starting five, I'd be here for that. I'd be here for that, 100%. That'd be cool. I would love to see that, actually. Um, I think Grimes is good. Okay. Um, thank you again for making me aware of that. I had no idea that he was he was sick. Again, it's been a pretty crazy last couple hours um thank you again everybody for coming in if you haven't already hit the like button if you uh would not mind gently tapping your computer um to acknowledge that you have enjoyed this live stream all the likes help us out uh all the chats help us out all the super chats especially help us out thank you to everybody for coming in and uh we will be back with a uh post game uh live stream after tomorrow's battle for new york city round one against the brooklyn Nets, the hated Brooklyn Nets. Um, and I will see y'all after that game. Peace out.
2: Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about, but why, what do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality.